All right. Welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. You guys doing all right? Awesome. Hey, we are kicking off a brand new two-part series called Shaken. Before we get into it today, I want to uh, just reiterate some announcements. One, uh, baptism's coming up. Listen to me. If you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized, okay? That is your next step with your walk with Jesus. To make that public declaration of faith is so powerful and needed in your journey with Jesus. So I want to encourage you to do that. Man, that, this worship night coming up is going to be awesome. Uh, Sean's going to be releasing his new single uh, that night. And, and man, it's going to be an awesome time to celebrate all that God is doing. And so I want to encourage you, go to the Welcome Center, sign up today, get baptized. Now listen, if you grew up in the Catholic Church and you got sprinkled, okay, doesn't count, all right? Doesn't count, right? The sprinkling doesn't count. Um, I want, so I want to encourage you today, uh, man, make that public declaration of faith. It's powerful. It's just the, symboli, the, the symbolism of it. Man, you're following in the steps of Jesus. Man, your old man is dying and your new man is coming to life. And so I want to encourage you to do that. The other thing, uh, May 2nd, uh, it's in a couple weeks, we've got Dalton Reisner uh, coming here. He's going to be speaking uh, I don't know, some of you have no idea who they're like, who cares, right, who's that? Uh, he, he's an offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos, and so he's coming in a couple weeks. He's going to be speaking and had a great conversation with him this week. Man, he's just, he's fired up to share what God has placed on his heart. Um, he's going to be speaking on identity. Like, he is fired up for Jesus. And so, and so, uh, I, so during that day, so he loves people, but because of the NFL rules, we're going to have to keep him separate. Um, and, and so I know you guys want to talk to him, and he loves people, and he would love to sign autographs, but we're just going to keep him separate just because of the NFL rules are crazy with the coronavirus and all of that. And so we'll have him back next year, and then you can talk to him, and he'll sign autographs next year for everybody. And so uh, we're just really excited. Um, so listen. If you know somebody that likes football, invite them to come, okay? Listen, especially people that will never come to church, be like, hey, we got Dalton Reisner, okay? You should, you want to hear him speak? No, not me, okay, I'm not going to be speaking, but they'll come and hear an, a professional football player speak, and so I want to encourage you that day, I, I fired up Dalton, man, we're going to be people that don't know Christ, that are just going to come to hear you, and so we're going to, man, we're going to give them Jesus that day, and so I want to encourage you, invite someone May 2nd uh, to hear Dalton Reisner speak, it's going to be a powerful, powerful Sunday, all right? Awesome. Shaken. Shaken. When God shakes the earth. Over the last year or so, I think we can all agree our lives have been shaken. Right now, God didn't cause the, the coronavirus to happen or the pandemic to happen, but he uses everything to shake his people. He uses everything to, to shake his church and to, to shake up his people. And so we're in this time where, man, God is shaking us up. And what's important to understand during this time is what season that we are in. It's very important as followers of Christ that we understand what season of life 
that we're in. Why is it important to understand what season we're in? It's important to understand what season we're in is because season brings clarity. Understanding what season we're in brings clarity to our lives. Now, listen, the, season of, the seasons of God are not like sports seasons or weather seasons, okay? And what I mean by that, in a sports season, there's a beginning and there's a definitive end, right? Weather seasons, you, you can't, well, not here, okay, you don't you have no idea what's happening here, like every eight hours is a different season, right? Come on, somebody. And uh, when we first moved here, I thought it was hilarious that the geese had no idea when to fly south or when to come back. You know, it's like the inner dialogue between geese. You know what I mean? Martha, I knew we should have stayed in Florida another week. It just snowed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. And, and so it's not like weather seasons or sports seasons. The seasons of God, depending how long they last, is really kind of what Nicole talked about last week, is our obedience. And understanding what God is doing in the season, and we're, we're in a season of, of a man being uh, shaken. And so the quicker that we understand what God is doing, the quicker we can move through that season. And again, there's no beginning and no end. There's no real end to the seasons of God. And I think we're going to talk about this next week. You look at the children of Israel. They were in a wilderness season that was only supposed to last for a short time, but instead lasted for 40 years. So there's no guarantee that man, when we step into certain seasons of our life that we'll get out of them. Because here, here's the thing with the, the Israelites, they couldn't get out of their own way. They just kept complaining and criticizing God and God's leaders. And, and so they just kept going around in the same season over and over and over again. And so the season that I believe that we're in today, we're all in today, is called the season of the struggle bus. I actually wanted to name the series that, but I didn't think it was very spiritual. <laughs> the season of the struggle bus. Every morning that we get up, there is a bus parked in our driveway named Struggle. <laughs> we all get on it. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for every person that's in this room today, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for everybody that's watching online today, God. God, this is your moment today. This is your moment, Father. So I just pray right now, open our hearts, open our minds, God, to everything that you have in store for us. Draw us close to you today, God, in this moment, Jesus. Father, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way. Let it be all you and none of me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen. 1 Timothy 4, 9 through 11, Paul is speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. Uh, Timothy was a great preacher. He was a great pastor. I mean, he led a very large church. And, and this is Paul's direct disciple, okay, Timothy. And this is what he says to, to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 9 through 11. He says this, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Very interesting way to start off a passage, right? Like, like, hey, pay attention, Timothy. Listen, pay attention to these words today, right? We should accept this. This is why we work hard and continue to what? For our hope is in the living God. And so 
The Apostle Paul here is telling Timothy, listen, we struggle, but we don't struggle like the way the world struggles, right? With no hope. We struggle with the hope of Jesus in us, who is the Savior of all people, in particular of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. I mean, this is pretty strong language from Paul. Like, hey, pay attention, and you should learn these things. And so as your pastor today, I want to teach you that struggle isn't a bad thing. That struggle is something that is necessary in our lives with Christ. That the struggle bus is for all of us. We're all getting on some type of struggle bus today. Philippians 1, 29 through 30, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Philippian church. He says this, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ. Let me just stop there for a moment, okay? Do you understand what the privilege is to serve Jesus? That before Jesus came to this earth, they didn't have the privilege to have Jesus or the Holy Spirit living inside of them? Like, it is a Man, it is a privilege to serve Jesus, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle. What's that next word? Together. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. I love this. Paul's like, man, we're in this struggle together. And I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's being transparent. He's like, man, you've seen me struggle in the past. Listen, I'm in the middle of one right now. I'm in the middle of a struggle right now. Now, when I grew up, and and maybe you can relate to this, I grew up in a time, in a type of church where nobody talked about struggles. Nobody talked about uh, that they had issues or struggled with things. It was basically you wore your best clothes on Sunday. You presented your best self on Sunday for that couple hours. Nobody talked about issues. Nobody talked about struggles. And so as a teenager, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking I'm the only loser in the room. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, Am I the only one that's got problems? Like, like am I the only one that, that's struggling in it, right? And we just, we just came from a, a pastor's conference last week, and, and uh, it was an awesome time for Don and I to just connect with pastors all over the world. Man, they're, they're struggling. Um, man, churches all over the world are, are struggling, you know, to get out of this pandemic and, and everything like that. And I was sitting dinner the first night. We are sitting next to this um, older couple, and, and he just starts asking us questions about my story. And so I don't think anything of it. I just click right into my story, right? <laughs> you know, so I started drinking at 14. Dad's a pastor, started doing drugs at 15. You know, went to Christian college, played basketball, partied all four years, you, you know, hit rock bottom, God saved me, right? And this older pastor was just like, he's like, what? He's like, you, you were doing drugs and your dad was a pastor? It's like, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know what I mean? And then he goes, and, and then you went to a Christian college and like, 
people were partying there? Like, like more than you? I'm like, yeah. Like, like a lot. And he, he was like, all four years? And, and you got a Bible degree and everything? And I'm like, yeah. And listen, I spared him some details, okay? I, didn't, I don't think this guy can handle it, okay? And he was just dumbfounded. I, I guess I just don't realize that not all pastors are as transparent as me. I just don't care, right? Like, this is who I am. This is what God delivered me out of. You know what I'm saying? Because, I'm, man, I'm, I'm thankful for what God did. In, in my life. And so we can never, listen, I never want you to feel that way if you're the only one that struggles because we all struggle. We're all on some type of struggle bus together. I remember, uh, this just reminds me of this story that I read when I was a kid. I don't remember when I read this story, maybe seventh grade, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, the Emperor's New Clothes. You ever heard of that story, right? It's a fascinating story. And, and uh, basically, these two guys, they're swindlers, they come in, and they convince uh, the, the emperor that they're going to make these awesome clothes for him, right? Like, they're just going to be sweet clothes, okay? Except stupid people won't be able to see these clothes. Only awesome, intelligent, smart people will be able to see how wonderful these clothes are, Right? And they, they pretend that they're making clothes. They, they don't make any clothes, but they pretend to make clothes. And they, they dress him. And they put him on these clothes. And they're like, oh, you look so good. Amazing. So the emperor doesn't want to say that, you know, he can't see the clothes because he doesn't want to be stupid, right? And so he's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. These are the best clothes ever. And he just walks around the town, right? He's walking around the town, okay, and he's naked, okay? He's naked, and he doesn't... He doesn't Realize that he's naked because he doesn't want to confess that he, he might be stupid, right? And so he's walking around town, he's, he's proud, and like everybody in the village won't say anything, right? Because they know that if they say something that they might be stupid, they may be called stupid, right? And then there's this little kid in the crowd and he's like, you're naked, right? Like, why is he naked, right? Like, it's just, and and the, the emperor just like ignores him and he just continues with his deal, right? And I think that is important and what I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us over the next two weeks is that it's okay to say that you struggle and it's actually a normal thing to say that, okay? It's okay to say that you're naked, okay? Like, to allow someone to come alongside of you and say, hey, struggle is okay. We're all struggling together. We're all struggling together. And some of you today, well, pastor, I don't, I don't struggle with depression or I don't struggle with anxiety or you know, I don't struggle with addiction. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm on a struggle bus today. I don't, I don't really know if I'm a, listen, when you walk up to a store, okay, some of you, I know, you walk up to a store, and you see a face with a mask on it. You immediately begin to struggle. 
Come on, there's, there's many of you that man, you're struggling with the, the vaccine, getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine, and, and it goes both ways. You struggle when, when people don't wear a mask. You, you struggle. Come on, it goes both ways today. Come on, you're struggling. Man, you, you watch the news today, and it's easy to begin to start struggling. You see what our government's doing, printing money and, and, and handing out stimulus checks. Like, like it's easy to just struggle. I, I saw a statistic this week that said 77% of Americans are worried about our economy and inflation. Like, it's easy to get on this struggle bus. But I want to encourage you today that we're all on a struggle bus. Okay, and there's a purpose and a plan that God has for it. So here's the question. Why would God shake the earth and allow struggle? Why would God shake the earth and allow struggle? Okay, God didn't bring the coronavirus and, and this pandemic into this world. Uh, he, he, doesn't, he didn't bring social unrest or, or economic problems. God didn't. God doesn't do that, but he uses everything. Our lives have been shaken, and so God is going to use it. So why does he allow struggle? 1 Peter 5, 9 through 11. This is the end of Peter's letter here in 1 Peter 5, 9 through 11. He says this, stand firm against him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the devil, okay? Our one adversary, we all have the same adversary his name is the devil, okay? We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against governments. We're fighting against the devil. And he says, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And so Peter's saying, hey, we're all in this together. All over the world. You're not by yourself. Okay, we're all struggling together. We're all in this together. It's going through the same thing. Okay, God called you to share into his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Amen. And so I want to talk about four things today, four things today. I want to talk about those four things that we see in, in the end of this passage. What God does through struggle, what God does through struggle, he, he, God uses struggle to restore, support, strengthen, and to create a foundation. This is what God does in the midst of struggle. Point number one, let's look at point number one today, and I got definitions attached to them. Number one is restore. To repair or adjust to complete thoroughly. Come on, when struggle comes, listen to me, when struggle comes into our lives, which is every day, okay, God uses struggle to restore some things. We, we serve a God who is a restorer. We serve a God 
who wants to restore everything that Satan has stolen from our lives. Everything that Satan has tried to kill and destroy and steal from us. Man, we serve a God who restores. He wants to repair or adjust to complete thoroughly. He has a complete work that he wants to do on the inside of us. Sometimes, in, in the beginning of this year, right, the word for the year was broken. I know many of you didn't wanted a different word, okay, but that was the word, right? That we would become broken before the Lord. Why? So he can heal us. And the Lord says that he's close to the brokenhearted, right? He's close to the brokenhearted. Why, why do we want God to heal some broken places in our life? Because that's how we step into all that God has in store for our lives. He wants to restore he wants to repair or adjust some things in our life because he wants to do a complete work on the inside of us. God uses struggle to restore. Number two, God uses struggle to show support. To secure or to confirm and to turn in a set direction. When we go through struggle, and, and we're all in different places today, when we're struggling with different things, it just allows God, you, you just feel the support of the Holy Spirit when you're going through that struggle. When I hit rock bottom in my life, and I gave my life to Jesus, this is exactly what he did for me. He secured my future. When I said yes to Jesus, and I went all in, all of a sudden, he secured my future. He, he confirmed that he loved me, and he still had a plan for my life. Even though I screwed up my life royally, he still says, hey, I, I'm going to support you. I'm going to secure your salvation. Man, I confirmed that I got a purpose and a plan. And then he set me in the right direction, because okay, I was going the wrong direction. That's what many times God uses struggle to say, hey, you, you're veering off a little bit. Well, let's, let's move in this this direction. And so God can use struggle to show us how much he supports us to secure and confirm and to get us moving in the right direction. Point number three today, strengthen. Strengthen to make us stronger. To make us stronger. I, I don't know any other way for us to get stronger without resistance. I mean, if you think about working out and lifting weights and stuff like that, the, you, there's resistance there, right? There's, there's resistance in your training and it breaks down your muscles and then they heal and they hopefully get stronger and larger, right? And, and, and it's just the process repeats itself. And, and this is what, what I believe that God uses struggle for. It brings resistance into our lives. Why? So we can be stronger. So God is making us stronger today. No matter what struggle that you're in today, no matter what struggle bus you are riding today, God is making you stronger. God is making you stronger. Point number four, foundation. To establish a basis for our lives. Sometimes this means consolidating to create a foundation that God can build on. And I love that word, consolidating. 
I don't think we, we think about that word a lot, especially when in talking about God creating a foundation in our lives. Because we just, we just went through a pandemic and we're, we're, we're slowly coming out of it, right? And we were forced to consolidate our lives, right? We, we were forced to consolidate our lives. I don't think anybody's life is exactly the same as it was a year ago. Many of us were forced to, to, to work from home. Some of us were, were forced to homeschool our kids or, or do remote learning and two days on and three days off, all that mess, you know what I mean? And, and so, man, all of our lives, we were forced, you know, kids' sports was shut down. Like, like there's a lot of things that was shut. We couldn't go restaurants. Like, a lot of things. Like, we were forced to consolidate our lives. This is what I want to encourage you to think about today. Don't just go back to the way things were. Don't just go back and just be busy. Some of you were just busy to be busy, and you didn't even know why you were doing certain things. You, you're just to stay busy in your life. And God is saying, listen, no, 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 no. Don't go back to those things. I'm using this struggle so you will consolidate your life. Stop just being busy and prioritize your life. Prioritize your life. Let me just give you a clue. God should be number one on that list. God should be number one. There shouldn't be any confusion who's number one in your life. Consolidating your life, realizing the things that are really important. Listen, God needs us to consolidate our lives because he wants to build something on our lives. And so, Man, it's important that we, we, we gather together and, and be in one accord, right? It, it's important that, that we get into life groups and, and man, we're, we're surrounding ourselves by people that are encouraging us on a daily basis. Those things are, man, those things are so important that we're consolidating our lives and we're prioritizing what, what God has been speaking to us so he can build on our Life. God wants to build on our life. I want to end with this passage this morning in Romans 15, 29 through 30. The Apostle Paul says this, and I'm sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our lives together. I want to stop there for a moment. Richly bless our life and our time together. And that's my prayer for our church, is that when we come and we we gather together every Sunday and, and during every life group is that then we would be richly blessed. Man, we, our fellowship would be blessed when we come. Man, man, our worship would be blessed. Man, our, our time listening to the word would be blessed. Our response time would be, would be blessed. That's my prayer for us, that we would be experiencing the blessings of God when we, when we gather together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle. So Paul's like, listen, if you don't have a struggle right now, get on my bus. Because I got plenty of struggle for everybody. Okay, He's like, get on my bus. By praying to God for me, do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. 
are so good. Maybe today you're just, man, I'm not struggling with anything serious today. There's people that are. And there's people that God is calling you to get on their bus and pray with them and encourage them. We're, we're all in this struggle together. We all struggle at different levels and times. I want to encourage you today, don't struggle alone. There's lots of seats on these buses, right? There's lots of seats on your bus. Don't struggle. Invite someone into your struggle. I want to leave us with this question today. Who is your bus driver? Who is your bus driver? Now, I know none of you have probably seen this show because you're so holy, you're so spiritual, and you would never watch The Simpsons. But I used to. And there's this bus driver, his name is Otto. Otto, I like to get blotto. That, that was Otto, okay? He's, he's a pothead. And listen to me. Some of you have the wrong thing driving your bus. Okay, because we're, we're, listen to me. We're all on a bus. We're all on a bus called struggle. We're all struggling with different things. But, but listen to me today. We get to pick who's driving that bus because that bus is taking us somewhere. And some of you today, come on, some of you today, you're going to fire your bus driver this morning. You're, you're going to fire. Listen, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to fire your bus driver today. Because that driver is taking you somewhere. So listen to me. If depression, okay, you can struggle, but if depression is driving your bus, you're going to stay depressed. You, you could be on this struggle bus, but if anxiety is driving your bus, you're going to stay anxious. If fear is driving your bus, you're going to be afraid. If worry is driving your bus, you're going to stay worried. Are you tracking with me today? Listen, listen. We all struggle with different things, but we don't have to have that thing that we struggle with driving the bus. Listen, we can struggle and have hope be the driver. We, we, we can struggle and have faith be the driver. Come on. We, we can struggle and have joy be the driver of our life. Yes, I'm struggling with this, but I'm not going to struggle with it forever because I choose joy today. I choose peace today. I choose hope today. You're going to fire your bus. Some of you need to fire Otto today, okay? Some of you today, you need to invite someone into your struggle. You need to invite someone into your struggle today. Let them on the bus. Don't struggle alone. If the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, 
I'm struggling and I'm in the middle of the struggle. Can you please join me in my struggle? If the Apostle Paul has struggles, we're going to have struggles today. I just want to speak over you today. Some of you today, for the first time, you're going to get prayer. And you're going to open up about your struggle. And God is instantly going to heal you today. He's instantly going to remove. He's going to remove depression, anxiety. He's, he's going to remove addiction today. If you will step out and allow someone on your bus. You see, here's the thing. Satan, he wants you to believe that you're the only one that struggles with this thing. And if you just be quiet, I'll, I'll just struggle by myself. And eventually I'll just grind my teeth and get through it. No, you won't. There's just some things in our life that we can't get over by ourselves. That's why God created the church. That we would, man, we would carry each other's burdens. That we would encourage one another. That we would pray for one another. That we would lay hands on one another. And we would be healed. There's just some things you can't go alone at. And there's some of you, you're going to come up here and you're going you're to write some struggle on that piece of paper and you're going to nail them to the cross and instantly God is going to remove them from your life. You're going to come to the altar and instantly the Holy Spirit is just going to invade your heart and mind and you're going to feel joy, you're going to feel hope, you're going to experience the love of God like you've never experienced before. Come on. Yeah, we're, we're in the season of a struggle bus. We don't have to struggle alone. But we get to pick our bus driver, amen? Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. I'll encourage you, if you're watching online, continue to pray with us today. I've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth. Maybe you've just been caught up in the, the things of this world and, and you've just drifted. You just want to make a recommitment to Christ today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You can just slip it up and put it down. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask today that we would all say this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.